The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You ever seen a ghost? Been abducted? Heard your name whispered from the other room when you're all alone? No, you say? Me either. But if you're like me, you're still fascinated by the paranormal. It seems everyone else has had an experience, and you want to believe it all. So why doesn't it happen to us? What does it all mean? How does it work? Is any of it real? Welcome to Paranorm Girl, a show that will attempt to answer these questions by taking the paranormal completely apart in search of proof. I'm not a blind believer, nor a hardened skeptic. I'm just looking for answers and willing to accept what I find. Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen. Today is all about out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, different levels of consciousness, higher dimensions, and experiences with entities and beings that my guest has encountered during his decades-long spiritual and OBE explorations. We touch on all of this and more. This one packs a special punch for me, and I know you guys are going to love the information. So please enjoy my conversation with author of Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Vince Field. Vincent Field is a spiritual practices mentor with decades of experiences with meditation, astral projection, and lucid dreaming. His book, Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions, quickly reached number one on Amazon's best-selling new releases in three categories, spiritual self-help, out-of-body experience, and occult astral projection. We are definitely breaking some new ground here on the show today, um, and he's got some incredible stories and information to share, so I could not be more excited to welcome Mr. Field to the show. Vince, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on, and as I was saying before we started recording, I uh, loved your book. It's it's incredibly uh, enlightening, insightful, great, great information. So I cannot wait to get into this information with you. So we will definitely be talking about astral projection, lucid dreaming, and all of the incredible experiences that you've had. But before we jump in, um, could you tell my audience, if you wouldn't mind, just, just a little bit about yourself and, and how this journey kind of came about for you? Sure. Um, so uh, I was first introduced uh, to the idea of astral projection when I was 14 years old. Uh, I came across it on the internet and I was so fascinated by it. I found a technique and I immediately uh, began trying it. And within a week, I was able to project from my body. And I've been doing it ever since. Okay. Wow. Um... <laughs> that, 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 I mean, it came around uh, about pretty, pretty quickly for you. Um, uh, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, so I would refer to you as a, an expert on this subject because you've been doing this for decades. 
um, as people will see when they read your book, um, just all of the incredible places that you've been and experiences that you've had. But I want to start rather simply right now, just because I am, I am very naive about this subject. So um, let's lay some foundational groundwork just to start out. Can you describe the distinction between the normal dream state, a lucid dream, and the out-of-body experience? Uh, certainly. I believe there are two main aspects. One is um, your state of consciousness, and the other is the particular reality uh, that you are experiencing during that particular uh, state of consciousness. So generally, during dreams, um, you have a, a very low level of consciousness. Um, so you're not actually aware of your current state. Whereas in the lucid dream, um, you are aware that you're dreaming. You're aware of your current state of consciousness in the dream. And of course, during astral projection, you're also aware that you are out of body. But in terms of where these experiences take place, dreams and lucid dreams typically take place in a type of uh, subconsciously created non-physical reality. So it's basically a generated by your mind. And so the experience takes place uh, within a dimension of your mind. Whereas during astral projection, uh, these experiences take place in more of a, a consensus level of reality that exists beyond your mind. Is the dream uh, state and the, and the lucid dreaming state, is, is that taking place on like the astral level, the astral realm? Typically not. And you can tell this by doing certain experiments. So usually um, the lucid dream um, reality is very easily uh, manipulated uh, by your own mind. So just, you know, thinking that you want to change an aspect of the experience will instantly change it. Whereas during astral projection, your reality, it is influenced um, by your mind, but not nearly um, as easily. So there is a relation between those two. Um, but yeah, they're certainly uh, quite different as well. So I am understanding that the subconscious mind plays an incredibly important role, just from what I've read, as far as manifesting certain things, maybe entities and places and all of that. Um, you did a lot of exploration into varying levels of consciousness. Can you talk about maybe some of the different levels that uh, you might you, you experience during these experiences? Yeah, sure. Um, well, typically um, you'll experience your normal um, waking level of consciousness that you experience, you know, during your uh, normal life. You know, just being lucid, um, being aware of your own consciousness and your reality and the current situation that you're in. There are um, subconscious aspects in play too, especially in uh, lucid dreams, because as I said, um, the subconscious tends to create the reality that you're experiencing. And, uh, you know, during dreams, the subconscious also tends to create the actual scenarios and experiences that take place. And that tends to happen uh, during the lucid dream state too. But there is an even higher level of consciousness that we don't typically experience during our normal waking life. 
And this particularly is experienced during higher level projections. And this is almost like a higher mind in which um, you're able to tap into really deep levels of uh, your spiritual being. A lot of times there will be a, a connection with um, your higher self. And it'll seem like you're connected with like the source of truth. So you'll, you'll get these insights and you'll know these things that just come to you and you know they're true and you know it's real, almost as uh, an intuition. But there's no question about the, the validity of that. And um, you also experience a, a connection with the entire reality, sometimes the entire um, universe. You know, sometimes all living beings in existence, like you'll feel this connection and uh, it really is uh, beyond words sometimes. Okay. And then um, I was curious to hear more about um, these, I, I hate to use the word places because I know they're not, they're not locations, but um, kind of like the astral plane, which I think most of us are, are pretty familiar with by this point. But like you, there were varying levels, uh, like other dimensions, stuff like that. Could you, can you explain or describe to us some of the places that you would go? Sure. Um, well, basically, uh, reality consists of an entire spectrum of different dimensions that exist at, at di different frequencies of energy. Uh, you know, it's similar to how there's, uh, there's different frequencies of light. We can only perceive a, a limited range of these frequencies, you know, in the physical world and the rest of the light spectrum, like, you know, X-ray, infrared, microwave, they are invisible to us, right? So in the same way that there are these higher dimensions of reality that are beyond our perception uh, when we're grounded in the body. But, you know, when you have an out-of-body experience, um, your mind and your consciousness enter uh, these higher dimensions. And so, you know, there are lower dimensions, which essentially exist at a range of frequencies that are just slightly higher than the physical dimension. And then, you know, as you go beyond that, you enter higher dimensions, which, you know, get increasingly farther from the frequency of the, the physical world, you know, higher in the sense that the vibration is, uh, is kind of like faster, you know, slower vibration, is a lower dimension, faster vibration is a higher dimension. And as you get farther from the physical dimension and higher into the spectrum of non-physical reality, uh, reality deviates more and more from the physical world. So in the lower dimensions, uh, they can look almost exactly like the physical world, but as you get higher, uh, things start to get more interesting, um, you know, more unusual, more abstract. And things get really, really wild. Yeah. Uh, some of the descriptions that you had uh, of these higher dimensions that you were going, like it's <laughs> it's uh, sometimes uh, hard to explain and, and impossible to explain, as you said, in our human minds, in our, in our words, we can't really explain them. Um, yeah, it just made me curious, like at what point I wonder um, you know, at what, at what dimension, higher dimension can one go until they can't go any further and still comprehend or remember. Um, can you, you have been to the lower dimension, dimensional places, yes? 
Yes. Okay. I, what what are aside from being very um very similar to like like a physical environment, what are those places like? What do they feel like? It's most common to enter the lower dimensions um, when you're first uh, beginning your practice, and you know over time with experience, you develop and you're able to access higher and higher dimensions. So usually in the beginning, um, you'll enter these lower dimensions. And so typically it'll look like the physical world. Um, a lot of times it'll be dark, you know, all the light will be dim. Uh, usually outside, it'll be nighttime. It'll look like it's nighttime. And there is usually non-physical entities, which tend to be uh, unsavory, I guess you can say, frightening. So, you know, when I first uh, started projecting, I would often encounter these uh, shadow beings or shadow people. And um, they seem to exist in these lower dimensions and they would be there almost every time I would leave my body. They would be there uh, standing next to my bed uh, and just watching me. Sometimes they would try to grab me. Uh, they would always scare me. And uh, yeah, so entities like this are, are usually um, in these lower realms. You called them, I think you were referring to the shadow beings when you were talking about it, but you called something threshold dwellers. I'd, I'd never heard that term before. What does that mean? Right. Uh, the dweller on the threshold. It refers to, well, the threshold basically refers to the non-physical dimension between the physical world and the astral dimension. And, um, you know, I, I can't say for sure if it's not actually part of the astral dimension. It, I guess it's more of a terminology issue. But typically in the astral dimension, there will be differences in the environment compared to the physical world. And usually in this threshold dimension, the environment appears pretty much exactly the same, almost like, um, like an energetic uh, duplicate of the, the physical world. And so this is the threshold. It's more of like this dimensional area that you typically experience just as you shift from the body and your consciousness shifts out from uh, the physical dimension. And uh, like I said, it's most common to experience this uh, as you're first starting. And yeah, it's a dweller because it dwells there. I mean, these, these things, um, it, it seems like it's their home. They're just always there. Okay. So they're just there. It's not like they're gatekeepers or anything. Right. Like you don't need like permission from them to to pass beyond, but um, yeah, it, it's hard to say what their intentions are. I mean, some people believe that they're just manifestations of your fears. I'm not so sure about that because I've had experiences where there was no uh, precedent for them uh, to appear. You know, I wasn't fearful. I was fearful once they appeared, but before that, um, I wasn't nervous or unsure about what I was doing. I was, I was confident. Um, yeah, I was ready to explore and I wasn't expecting it at all. So I, I've had other experiences with these shadow people, which would indicate that they are independent entities and not just manifestations of your own subconscious. Okay. Um, and then I, I want to get more into, into the entity. I just had one more dumb person question before I forget. What is the difference between an energy body versus an etheric body? And then if there's anything else that we missed, uh, please, please uh, feel free to include it. Sure. Uh, well, the etheric body uh, is an energy body. It, it is your, your main energy body. 
and it is the energy body that is attached to your physical body, even during uh, astral projection. It remains connected to the physical body. So the idea that when you leave your body, you're basically leaving your body empty, like an empty shell, and then spirits can come and possess it, that is a misconception because what actually happens during uh, astral projection is um, not only the energy body, but your consciousness, it doesn't just leave, but it splits. It kind of like duplicates itself. So you'll have an aspect of your your consciousness within the etheric body, which is uh, integrated with the physical body during the projection. But you'll also have a finer energy body. By finer, what I mean is an energy body that consists of an energy of a higher frequency than the etheric body. And that energy body has also contained within it an aspect of your consciousness, and that projects into the higher dimensions. Um, so perhaps that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Okay. And then was there any, do you think there's any other just uh, like like information about this process before we move on? Um, that you want to include? I think that pretty much covers it. Cool. Okay. Well, I um I wanted to talk a little bit about lucid dreams. Um, I I have personally had lucid dreams very infrequently. I I don't often remember my regular dreams, but I'm curious if someone wanted to strengthen their ability to lucidly dream. Are there um are there techniques or like certain things that we can do in our our waking life to to strengthen that ability? Yeah, absolutely. Probably the the best one is reality checks. So a reality check is taking a moment during the day to question uh, and analyze your current state of consciousness and your current reality. And you can do these uh, with a particular trigger. For example, anytime you look in a mirror, you'll remember to ask yourself if you are dreaming or anytime you look at your watch or you can set an alarm to go off every hour. And so when you develop this practice, it tends to carry over into your dreams. So eventually you will find yourself in a dream and you'll recognize the trigger that causes a reality check, you know, during your normal waking life. And you'll question your reality in the dream. And usually that's when you'll realize that you're dreaming. It's a pretty easy method and it's also effective. Very cool. Okay. And then you were able to, you, you began to be able to transition pretty easily from like the dream state into the lucid dream state and also from, from the lucid dream state into an out-of-body experience. Um, for someone interested in astral traveling themselves, is strengthening the lucid dreaming ability a good place to start? Would you would you say no, go meditate or do energy work, that kind of stuff? Okay. Well, in my experience, it's easier to astral project because you're not relying on any aspect of your subconscious mind. Um, it's more of a direct experience. So you lay down and you project. Whereas in a lucid dream, uh, you fall asleep, you're in a dream, and then, you know, something in your subconscious creates that trigger. Okay. So you're not relying on that. So yeah, in my experience, astral projection uh, is easier and it's actually my astral projection practice, which, um, fueled my lucid dreaming practice. 
are you always very, very sure? Like, like, are you always clear the difference between having that out of body versus the lucid dream? Like there's no confusion for you whatsoever. Um, yes. And the main reason for that is because, um, these experiences are, um, induced in a different way. So the astral projection, it's induced directly from a waking state. So you don't fall asleep and there's no break in consciousness. You experience um, the entire process from the moment you lay down in bed to the moment that you, you float or roll or shift out of your body. Whereas, um, yeah, you, generally the lucid dream state, you become aware in the middle of this uh, experience, the dream experience. Um, so that's usually the best indicator. But there is a type of lucid dream which is induced from a waking state, right? It's called a awake-induced lucid dream. And the main difference between that and an astral projection, well, there are a couple differences, but these awake-induced lucid dreams, um, you can tell through experimentation that they take place in more of a, a, a mentally created environment or a subconsciously created environment, whereas that's not the case with astral projection. And also, um, the particular um, body that you seem to occupy during these experiences um, is different. Okay. So usually during a, a lucid dream or a wake induced lucid dream, you don't really have this, this sensation of having a body. A lot of times during a wake induced lucid dream, I'll just be pure consciousness, um, you know, moving about. And during an astral projection, there's typically this real sensation of having a body. And so your movement isn't as as free, especially in the lower astral levels. It's not as free as um, the lucid dreaming state. Um, so, you, you know, you kind of have to deal with um, this energy body. And at, in the lower levels, it's, it's denser. So it requires more mental effort to manipulate it and move it. So yeah, there are several differences. And then your, all of your out-of-body experiences seem to take place in, um, you know, dimensions or realms that weren't distinctly tied to the physical plane. Of course, um, there were the physical aspects, but there was always that, you know, that manifestory aspect to them. I was just curious, is it possible for someone to do this um, in, in our physical reality, kind of like uh, remote viewing? That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Well, the idea with astral projection is that you're projecting beyond the physical dimension. So with remote viewing, um, I don't have much personal experience with that, but apparently this is a type of like pure mental projection where you're projecting your mind to other locations in this physical world. So th the idea there is a little different from astral projection, but that seems to be a big misconception. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, well, if you can leave your body, then come to my house and tell me what I wrote on this piece of paper on my dresser. Right. Um, but what they don't understand is that these projections take place in other dimensions, right? So we're not perceiving the physical dimension. We're perceiving non-physical reality, which a lot of times is very different from the physical world. Hello, my name is Jordan Klein, and I am the host of Fireside Paranormal Podcast. If you're into ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, the unknown, then pull up a chair and join me by the fire as we hear real stories from real people. Each episode, I interview paranormal investigators, authors, 
experts, and legends in their field. Here at Fireside Paranormal Podcast, we have something for everyone. If you're an experienced researcher or if you're just getting into it, we have a spot for you. We're found anywhere you listen to podcasts. So grab your friends, tune in, and remember, don't be afraid, only believe. So there were a few acronyms that you use throughout the book. Um, I wrote them down. You did already talk about the wake-induced lucid dream, W-I-L-D. What does WBTB stand for? What does that mean? That stands for uh, wake back to bed. And this is a highly effective technique for astral projection and also for lucid dreaming. This was the, the second method that I ever used. The first method I used, um, it was a technique that you use at night or during the day. You essentially induce astral projection from a fully awakened state. And the difference between that and the wake back to bed method, I sometimes also call it, call it the early morning method because um, you wake up usually a couple hours before you typically wake up. So if you sleep for eight hours a night, then you'll wake up five or six hours after falling asleep. And um, what you do is you get up for a short period of time, maybe 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and then you go back to bed. And from that state, it is much easier to induce uh, the astral projection. And this is because in the early morning, um, your body and mind are already in the ideal state for projection. So essentially, you want your body to be asleep and your mind to be awake. So if you do this at night or during the day, well, it's not always easy to get your body to fall asleep. But in the early morning, uh, it's usually pretty easy to fall back asleep. Your body's already very relaxed. And um, at night or during the day, well, your mind might be just too exhausted to remain aware as the body's falling asleep, especially at night. So a lot of times during, um, during your attempts to project at night, you'll just fall asleep. But in the early morning, your mind has already gotten a decent amount of rest. So it's much easier to remain aware for the projection. Okay, and what about a DILD? Yeah, DILD, a dream-induced lucid dream. Uh, that's the typical lucid dream where um, you become aware as the dream is already taking place. So, you know, you fall asleep, you're dreaming, and then you become lucid. It's the typical lucid dream. Now, I want to give you the stage here um, to tell some of your stories. Um, there are quite a few entities and spiritual beings that you have encountered over the years. I I really want to dig into, well, one of them in particular, but I I wanted to touch back just quickly on shadow people specifically. Um, it's something that I've covered extensively on this show. So I have a, I have a real fascination with these things. I just had a couple of questions. Did you ever experience anything good with one? Was there ever a, a good experience? Um, yes, um, there's one experience in particular which stands out. And, um, you know, the majority of my experiences with shadow beings were, were in the beginning. I was projected into these lower realms and I would, I would encounter them. Um, but a while later into my practice, you know, I began to completely bypass these lower levels 
And uh, this one time, these three shadow beings appeared to me while I was out of body. And one of them approached me and reached out his hand and put his hand on my shoulder. And all of a sudden, there was this energetic awakening inside of me. And it was like this huge explosion of energy within all my chakras, within my entire energy body. And I even felt it back in my etheric body. It was like I had um, dual awareness, my etheric body and my astral body, which was out in the dimension with these spirit, uh, these shadow beings. And it was this explosion of, of bliss and this energetic activation that was so incredible. And it was really surprising that this was an induced by these shadow people, um, because until that point, I had always thought that these were kind of like, I don't know, sinister beings. Right. And uh, the fact that they kind of allowed me to have this experience uh, was was pretty shocking. And it was an amazing experience. And, you know, I got back to my body and I was, I was still vibrating. I was still pulsing with that energy I experienced during the out-of-body experience. Huh. So an experience like that, does that, it, it makes you question whether they're all lower vibrational beings? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it also makes me question um, if they were even the, the same uh, beings, you know? Right. So the typical image of a shadow being, you know, what you'll see is like a large, dark silhouette. You know, you don't see any details, just a, a big black figure. You see that the outline of the body, but, you know, perhaps it's it's more of a, a perception issue on our part. Maybe for some reason, we're not able to clearly uh, perceive what th these entities actually look like. Um, I, I can't be sure about that, but, you know, I don't have any direct experience that would indicate that these shadow beings are malevolent. Um, they certainly appear frightening. And, uh, you know, at times they would lunge for me, they would try to grab me, um, but I can't say for certain what their intentions actually were. So, yeah, it's hard to know. But I mean, that that one um, experience with that energy activation, if it was the same uh, entity as the previous ones, um, yeah, that definitely, um, you know, shed some new light on what they potentially could be. Well, that's an interesting theory, possibly, that we're just not able to perceive them. I've, I've, I've had that thought myself. You know, I, I go through a lot of theories all the time, but it's, it's interesting to think that maybe we're just not seeing them as they actually are because, you know, the vibrations are off or the frequencies are off or something. Just like you were saying, there are things literally happening around us we cannot perceive. So why not with something like that? Well, back in the beginning, when you were first starting out, like it took it took you a week before you were able to do all this. So it happened very quickly. Were you aware that this was something you might experience? Were you expecting to see them? Was I expecting? No, I was not. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, I jumped right into it. I I heard the concept out about experiences. I, I found uh, the method and I started trying it. And, uh, you know, over time, I did more and more research into it. Um, so I learned more and more. And I found more correlations with other people's experiences and mine, which kind of helped to, to illuminate certain aspects of them. Yeah, but from what I can recall, um, I was not expecting to see that at all. 
Okay. And the other entity I, I really want to talk about specifically is you, you had a rather extensive relationship throughout the, these experiences throughout the years with extraterrestrial beings. Did it ever occur to you in those early years that you would have end up having this relationship? Uh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, you know, the, the typical conception of aliens is, oh, they're from another planet, right? They come in UFOs, maybe they'll abduct you. Um, the idea of encountering them during my projections, it didn't occur to me in the slightest. Um, but there they were one day, and uh, they just kept coming back. You said something in your book. I just want to quote it really quick. Uh, it was it was your belief that many alleged abductees are actually having OBEs involving non-physical entities and mistaking the experience for an abduction. Are you saying that their subconscious minds are painting this this entity for them, or do you think that there are non-physical extraterrestrials? Yeah, um, I don't know if I would label them as extraterrestrials, uh, because that implies they're from another planet. Mm -hmm. And I can't confirm that, but what I can confirm is that they exist and they operate in other dimensions. So, I mean, uh, I would certainly uh, consider them like extra dimensional entities. I can't say like what planet they're from, you know, I don't know what their origin, like what their base home is. Like, you know, we're here in the physical world and we can project and, you know, visit the astral dimension. So I don't know if they are doing the same thing or maybe they can uh, exist simultaneously and operate in the physical and the non-physical at the same time, or if they're strictly in the astral. I can't say that for sure, but I'm certain that they are out there and it's not just uh, some kind of manifestation of, of your mind. Have you made a connection for yourself? And I only ask just because so many people who have been out of body say that they experience these two things together. Have you made a connection between shadow figures and these extra dimensional beings? Well, a lot of the encounters between them took place in a similar circumstance, uh, which would be um, the moments immediately after projecting from the body. And um, a lot of the elements were similar in both, you know, as far as the fear and uh, their behavior. A lot of times the aliens, they would just be standing around me, watching me. Uh, sometimes they would uh, be bent over looking at me like, closely in the eyes. But as far as uh, the nature of these different entities and if there's a connection between them, all I can say for certain is that, you know, they exist out in the astral dimension and um, they appear to get off on either scaring uh, people who are astral projecting or they have some kind of interest in them because you know, I can't tell you how many times I've projected from my body and they'd be there just waiting for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I really liked the experience that you told of the being that you encountered in the white mask. Um, there, it was profound for a bunch of different reasons. I thought, would you be willing to share maybe that story or, or your most profound encounter with them? Yeah, sure. So the alien with the white mask. Well, I was out of body and uh, and this, this alien just appeared before me and it was wearing a white mask. And um, it was like this telepathic link 
opened between us and I experienced like this rush of, of knowledge and, and insight and, and memories <clears throat> and it just blew me away. Um, so what I discovered was that I'm concurrently living another life in another dimension. And in this other life, I'm actually like a member of this aliens species or whatever, however you want to say that, you know, whatever type of entity this was in front of me, like in another life, I am that same um, type of entity. And not only that, but it told me that I had this like intimate connection with it. And, um, you know, it was, it was really shocking to discover this because, you know, during these experiences, sometimes it's not like uh, here in the world, someone tells you something and you just like take their word for it. But out there, it's like you can experience like truth directly in a way that you can't really describe here in the physical world because it doesn't really exist. So I knew this. I knew this was true. And uh, I was just blown away. And then this alien, uh, it approached me and it wrapped its arms around me. And like instantly, I just like exploded with bliss, like like this energy, like it started in my heart chakra, my heart center, and it just exploded. And it was such an intense energy activation. It was just like pure bliss. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. How much insight did that give you? Because I, I know you were discovering things about your higher self as well, which was really interesting to read about. But as far as that being a like almost like a tributary to all these, do I call them incarnations or different versions? Like if you were existing here and concurrently in this aliens world as well, like what was the uh, what was the insight that you had as far as? the actual reality, like the concurrent things that are going on. Essentially, uh, the insight is that who we are and, you know, what we are experiencing is so much more and so far beyond just this physical life that we're aware of right now. It's really mind blowing. Yeah, yeah it sure is. Um, well, one final subject that I did want to discuss with you, I think uh, people would be really interested to hear this is the afterlife. The majority of people are not going to experience or have that NDE experience, but I, I have always been comforted by the thought that if somebody can exist out of their body in, in these out-of-body experiences, um, then that made the concept of surviving death that much more likely to me. What beliefs or theories have your out-of-body experiences given you as to the existence of an afterlife and that reality that we might face when we pass over? Okay. Well, something I've learned from my experiences is that the state of consciousness that you, you have determines what non-physical dimension you experience. And this is true whether you know, you're alive and you're having an astral projection or if you're dead. Uh, it's basically a like attracts like situation, like the law of attraction, where during astral projection, you'll naturally project into the level of non-physical reality uh, that corresponds with your own state of consciousness, your, your own energy, your own frequency, like on an energetic level. And I think this goes a long way to, to explaining um, the afterlife experience. And it's, it, it is something that is reported in a lot of near-death experiences, too. And, you know, also by other out-of-body explorers who have uh, come to the same conclusions from their experience. Um, so, like, the ideas of heaven and hell are essentially a case of individuals being attracted to the particular dimension that resonates with their own consciousness and their own energy. 
So, you know, consider the case of murderers, rapists, you know, people who do horrible things, people filled with hate and evil and other negative emotions and, you know, these, these really negative mental states. Well, these people are all going to be attracted to the same dimensional levels when they die. So you have afterlife dimensions filled with nothing but individuals consumed by this negativity and evil. And, you know, they still have the ability to, to manifest this negativity into action, right? So they're still committing uh, the same horrible actions that they were, you know, in the physical world. But now it's like they're doing it to each other because it's only like-minded people there. So I would consider that like a, a true hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this, the same is the case in the opposite direction. So like people who exist, uh, who live in a state of love and joy and positivity, they'll be attracted to dimensions that are in line with, with that particular energy. So now they're surrounded by nothing but, but people with, with that same mentality, you know, all loving one another. And I'll consider that, you know, a type of heaven. Yeah. So I think the idea, like, after this life, in the afterlife, is uh, to continue, you know, ascending to higher and higher states of, of love and, and oneness with others and, and just evolving. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Before we started recording today, I, I was thinking about how interesting it is that people will tend to see in, the, in their reported near-death experiences, they'll tend to see more or less what they're expecting to see. So, you know, Christians will encounter angels and, and the Jesus, um, you know, that character or Buddhists will encounter Buddha, um, that, that type of thing. So I, I think that might tie in there. Um, but in theory, would you, you, would you say that the afterlife is akin to the movie, what dreams may come? So like, essentially, our heaven is what we make it, our afterlife is what, what we make it. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then just one more question on that. What, uh, what is an afterlife retrieval? What was your experience with that? Okay. Well, an afterlife retrieval is an experience in which um, you, you assist an individual who has died and is kind of stuck in a, a lower uh, dimension. Uh, you assist them to kind of break beyond that lower dimension into to enter a uh, a higher dimension uh, in a sense that they're they're stuck. Um, perhaps it's some attachment they have to their past life or um, some kind of like hindering negative um, mental block or you know emotional state that they just can't get over, and that's kind of that's holding them back, and it's 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 kind of confining them to the lower uh, levels of non-physical reality or the lower uh, afterlife dimensions. So the idea is that you, um, you call for a higher level entity, a uh, spear guide, you can call it, to come assist this individual. And um, what happens is they try to, to break this barrier or break this block that the person has that is preventing them from from moving on into the higher levels. And a lot of times uh, you don't have to really do any work yourself. It, it's more like you have a sick friend, but you're not a doctor, so you can't heal them yourself. But you know you know a doctor who's really good, so you, you invite a doctor over to treat your friend. It's kind of a similar idea. And the idea there is that these higher level spirits, they can access 
the lower levels. But if you're confined to a lower level, you can't access the higher levels in a similar way that, you know, consider uh, intelligence. You know, a person who is incredibly smart, you know, a genius can probably entertain uh, the ideas that a person with some kind of, you know, mental disorder or, you know, a lower level of intelligence possesses, right? But uh, a person with a lower level intelligence isn't going to be able to understand the workings of the mind of a genius, right? It's just far beyond their level. So in the same way, if you can attune to higher levels, well, you can also bring yourself down to lower levels. You just can't go the opposite way without some kind of inner change, which will increase your, your own state of consciousness. Okay, awesome. Well, we are reaching near the end of our episode. At the end of these episodes, I do like to just toss in some quick speed round questions, just a handful at you. And I I do have some for you. Quote from your book, when encountering an entity clairvoyantly, it's necessary to keep in mind the possibility that one's perceptions are actually a manifestation of one's own subconscious mind. Many times the manifestation of negative apparitions is brought on by heightened states of fear. From what you have experienced, would you say it is possible that what is causing us to see the paranormal things in our waking lives? Is it simply our subconscious meets fear, but here in the physical? I think uh, those rules don't apply uh, as as strongly as they do as in the non-physical because well, your subconscious mind uh, manifests so much more easily and quickly in non-physical reality. You know, whereas in the physical dimension, sure, um, you have a thought and you want to manifest that thought into reality. Well, you actually have to do some physical work, right? It starts in the mind, but then it requires physical action to, to manifest. So I think it's the same way, you know, like here in the physical world, like you can think, oh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see someone right in front of me, but it's not going to make them magically appear. Whereas, you know, in non-physical reality, you know, if you're in a lucid dream, you can manifest that. So I think it's a little different. It it could be the case in in some uh, situations. I'm not going to say it's definitely not the case always. Okay. All right. Next question. When is astral projecting dangerous? Um, Well, I suppose astral projection can be dangerous if you open yourself up to the influence of entities um, without discernment, okay? Because, you know, out there in the non-physical world, there are the good and the bad, just like here in the physical world. So, um, you know, I've had, I've had experiences where I've just called out, take me from my body. And, I, and I've been taken from my body. It wasn't by entities that had good intentions. Uh, so, so you need to be careful. You know, I, I've had experiences where I was actually uh, attacked uh, during my astral projections, and those resulted in actual uh, physical injury in my physical body. So caution definitely is is needed, right? And and I would say if you are trying to to contact other entities, make sure you have this intention set that you only want entities that are higher level, loving, enlightened entities. Because if you just make a general request for some kind of spirit, you never know what you're going to get. All right. All right. And last question, it's going to seem very big, but um, I I think you have an answer. I I hope you have an answer. Simply put, what is God? 
God is the creator of everything. I believe God is uh, the ultimate, uh, most intelligent, uh, spiritual entity. I believe um, God created all things. And because we are created from God, we have a connection with God. During my experiences, during some of my higher level experiences, I've experienced this connection with God. And uh, it's an experience beyond words. During these higher level experiences, you know, in my mind, it proved that God is real. And, you know, different people have different ideas of God. You know, there's the new age idea that like everyone uh, is God in a sense. I don't agree with that. Um, I think there's a difference between, you know, having a connection with God and actually being God. You know, I don't think, you know, some people believe if we continue evolving, we will like become gods. Uh, well, we will never become like our creator. I don't believe that, but uh, I believe God is, uh, the essential qualities of God are uh, love, kindness, compassion, just every uh, higher level uh, positive uh, emotion, uh, state of being. I think that's what we're all aspiring to. And as we evolve to these these higher levels, I think we become more like God. Like we experience a, a greater connection with God because we attune ourselves to that same energy that God is. Wonderful. Thank you, Vince. Um, where can folks find out more about you, uh, connect with you, and buy your awesome book? Yeah, just head over to uh, Amazon.com. Uh, you can find the book in uh, paperback, Kindle, audiobook on Audible. You know, just do a search, uh, Vincent Field, Astral Projection. It'll pop right up. And before we wrap, did you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with us? Uh, yes. I don't want the negative experiences uh, that I've shared during my astral projections to discourage anyone from getting into this uh, because the the positive and profound and enlightening experiences that I've had more than outweigh these negative ones. I've contacted my deceased great-grandparents. I've integrated with my higher self and discovered such incredible things about who I am on on a higher and deeper level and you know about reality and uh there's just so much to learn and explore. And um, for anyone who is uh, looking to actually get into it and do it themselves, I think that if you use the formula that I used, you will have success. So it's not all about the technique. Okay, the method is important, but you also need motivation, you need dedication, and you need confidence. Now, the dedication is important, uh, just like like any practice, you know, the more you practice, the better you get. We don't learn things right away. Sometimes it takes longer for some than others, but, you know, you just got to stick to it. And that motivation, you know, reading about other people's experiences uh, can serve to generate a lot of motivation. Like, you know, if you read my book, I think some of the experiences that I've had are, are very motivating uh, in a sense that, you know, who wouldn't want to have that experience? It's so incredible. And it's, you know, some of these are, are so far beyond what you could really even imagine uh, without reading a book like this. And uh, of course, the confidence. If you go into your practice with doubt, well, that's going to hold you back from the start. You know, so even if you're 
off to a slow start. Maybe, you know, you've been working at it for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, but still no success. Well, you still got to keep that confidence. And, you know, I, I didn't go into my practice with that particular formula in mind, but it was more of an afterthought, you know, looking back, you know, when I first started, I was young, I was 14 and I was just, uh, I was so excited to get into it and to do it. And I didn't have any doubt. I, I really believed that I could do it. And I think that is why I had such quick success. You know, and I know speaking with uh, some people that, that I mentor today, this is something they're lacking. And it's something that's very important uh, in the process. So definitely keep that in mind. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, Vince. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a great conversation. Thanks again so much to Vince for coming on the show. I encourage everyone to pick up a copy of his book at the link in the show notes and go take a gander for yourself if this topic fascinates you like it does me. The entire time reading it, I lost track of how many times my jaw literally dropped open or I read and then reread and then reread again a certain section because it was it was such good information and stuff that I had never heard before. It is always such a treat to hear these thorough experiences straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, we actually recorded this interview about a week before my big cross-country move and the tally for which psychic ability I was going to tackle had not come in yet. So I did fail to mention to Vince that I would be ever so diligently putting his techniques for achieving an OBE and his words of wisdom into action, but I definitely shall be doing so. Had to take a few days off from my meditation practice, but I'm back in the saddle with the hemi-sync tracks I've been using. I did realize I should probably throw in just a few straight guideless sessions as well so that I don't become too dependent on it having to be a guided meditation. Not looking forward to that because my brain is a chatterbox, but I'm going to give it a go. You can support the show very easily by leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. You can also join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You'll receive a very special shout-out on the show, plus all kinds of bonus content, backstage chit-chat I'm having with my guests, articles, research materials, and studies about the paranormal. $5 gets you that, plus access to the private Facebook page and the PGP book club, both launching in October, and $10 gets you all of that lip smackety goodness, plus your choice of a merch item, darlings. All for now, I hope you all have a fabulous week. Until Tuesday, stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.